Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? Massive. Uh, today's national holiday is National Rocky Road Day. Ooh, we only do a lot of ice cream and popsicles on this show. We live in a first world country. I'm not a big Rocky Road guy. I'm more of a deer tracks kind of guy. Me neither. Maybe I'll try sometime. <laughs> Maybe I'll try Rocky Road for the first time. I don't know, but we'll see. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right, moving on. We'll get Sky Scoreboard Stumper. We'll do Flex Seal of the Week. Uh, we've got seven Count notable jabronis. Count it. Right? Yeah. Um, we'll get into our Hall of Fame inductee, Josh Hamilton. Hamilton. We'll get Scotty Stumper answer. Um, we will go to church. We've got three shampoos, and we'll send you on your merry little way. So, without further ado, hit me with that scoreboard, Stumper Scotty. All right, NBA Finals is about to start. So, with that knowledge, I want to know who has the most points in NBA Finals history? Finals history. Finals history. So, you got to think about guys that have been there a lot. So, I want to know is it Kareem Abdul Jabbar? Michael Jordan, Jerry West, or is it Elgin Baylor? Yikes. I know, those are four tough ones. That's so tough. Um, I'm going to go MJ. All right. I guess my better judgment, I'm going to go against MJ. Okay. Moving on to Flex Seal of the Week. The super strong waterproof tape. That can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is Cleveland Browns tight end David Njoku, Mm -hmm. who just signed a four-year, $56 million contract following a season where he had... 36 catches, 475 yards, Mm -hmm. and four touchdowns. But they'll tell you it's about blocking. (laughs) They do run the shit out of the ball. Didn't they just sign another tight end, though? I mean, who's going to throw him the ball? I mean, I mean, I mean, how long is, you know, Deshaun Watson actually going to be out with all of his guaranteed money? It's going to be our flex seal from last week, throwing in the ball. Felix Harper? Yeah, whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Already forgot. <laughs> uh, I mean, Njoku, he's like 25. He's got a tremendous upside, but I just don't see the offensive numbers from him. I remember them. I remember when the Cleveland Browns had um, hard knocks, and they were still, they were, you know, talking about Njoku a lot. And I just don't have yet to see much massive stuff from him. <laughs> All right, moving on to notable jabronis. First up, we got former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler, <laughs> who was busted recently because he was banging his neighbor slash best friend's wife <laughs> and had been for a long time, apparently. Oh, boy. These are families, Jay's family and the other family with the wife. Um, they vacation together with their kids. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a sad story. Jay Cutler got divorced, I guess, last year or the year before. And I guess this came to light afterwards. Um, I guess Jay's wife knew he was doing stuff. I guess be, she, I guess fr- friend's wife probably wasn't the only uh, person involved, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, Jay Cutler. 
Wow. People already didn't like him. This just cherry on the cherry on the Sunday there. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a d bag. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of d bags, next up we've got Terrell Owens. Yeah. <laughs> um, you might have seen it in our Facebook Twitter group. Yeah, um, uh, Scotty was making fun of To. He uh, made some insensitive comments about the Uvalde shooting. Followed by links to his wine company. No, he, he he made yeah he made a comment like you know uh, a picture you know of a black student in the sixties you know it said you know like you know was called names her entire high school life and she never shot up a school and then immediately okay so he immediately after he posted this meme that I got you know likes you know he immediately posted a link for To's Vino Wine. So it's like, oh, well, I'm going to make a social comment and then immediately talk about, like, try to sell wine off of getting attention for this post. Oh, yeah. So, cockbag, listen up, you jabroni. We're talking about a shooting in Uvalde with 21 people dead, 19 of those being children, elementary school children. And you're out here like a dumbass trying to sell shitty wine on Facebook. <laughs> Eat shit, Terrell Owens. So insensitive. <laughs> All right. We're done with you, T.O. God. Moving on to baseball. Uh, Cincinnati Red Tommy Fam. Oh, this is a big one. So, um... He was removed from the starting lineup the other day and then later suspended um, for three games for three games because uh, before the game the other day between the Reds and the Giants, Tommy Fan bitch slapped Jock Peterson (laughs) about fantasy football and about a gif. Yeah. Regarding um, the playoff scenarios last year with Major League Baseball because Despite having a loaded roster, the Padres fell short of the Giants and Dodgers. And I guess, um, I guess the, the reason it's related to fantasy football is because the GIF, this GIF making fun of the Padres was posted in their fantasy football league where Jock Peterson had ex-teammates on the Padres team. It was really more, um, you know, the targeted at them, the people that he knew more. And Tommy yeah. Pham took it personally because he didn't know Jack Peterson that well and decided to take matters in his own hands about the fantasy football. He doesn't even play for the Padres anymore. No, he doesn't. And he's probably triggered because he knows his poor performance probably had a lot to do with why the Padres... I think Tommy Pham finished last year in the minors, if I'm correct. But, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the gif is hilarious. It's, you know, three guys lifting kettlebells and two guys on the left are the Dodgers and the Giants and they, you know, successfully lift the kettlebells up and then back down. And, cut, and the yeah. guy in the far right lifts the kettlebell up and falls backwards and it's a, it, it and like pa- slams him in the head. Yeah, it had the Padres logo. It Padres yeah. above it. <laughs> so the thing is, Tommy Pham also, um, he was mad about an ad drop that, um, that Jock Peterson used. Jock Peterson put a, co- a player on the injured list who had COVID because that's something you can do. And he then added a player and played them that that week, and they did great. So Tommy Pham quit the fantasy league like week five or six because of this Jock Peterson thing. Quit it entirely, like a little punk bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> he's sad. He's a sad man. A sad little man. Tommy fan, we've been done with you even before this. Even though you play for the Reds, we've just been done with you. Be done. You're just not good. <laughs> All right. 
Moving on, another baseball player or baseball personality that we do not like and has been well documented on the podcast, well. and that is Tony Larusa. Yeah, uh, he recently criticized Gabe Kapler uh, for actions protesting gun violence following the Uvalde shooting spree. Um, subsequently, seven other major league managers were quoted interviewing back in Kapler's stance. They didn't say whether or not they would be doing it. Would would be like you know um, protesting, but um, they all said that they support what he's doing because something needs to change. Tony Larusa just had to open his big dumb mouth as usual. Well, as usual, um, uh, Kapler said that you know he said there's a lot of problems in this country that need to be addressed, um, and that in the wake of the Uvalde shooting, he will not be participating in anything that has to do with the anthem. He will remain like in the clubhouse or not in, not even in the dugout. Um, and Tony Larusa criticized that, but then doubled down and said this, I would never not stand up for the anthem or the flag. Maybe just because I'm older boomer and I've been around veteran, more veterans than the average person. You need to understand what the veterans think when they hear the anthem or they see the flag and the cost they paid and the, their families paid. If you understand that, I think it's impossible not to salute the flag and listen to the anthem. Well, okay, sure, but um, there was a shooting on U.S. soil, so <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> yeah, again with the insensitivity about the shooting. Yeah, it's like this isn't about the troops. The the fl- <laughs> that's not about the troops. All right, Tony Russo, we've been done with you. You are definitely a front runner for Jabroni of the Year. You and your shingles, get out of here. We're shining your golden peach already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, uh, Udonis Haslam, longtime veteran Heat forward. Um, he made comments following Draymond Green's comments after Golden State uh, punched their ticket to the finals. He said. Uh, I expect to be playing the Boston Celtics in the finals. Uh, Haslam came out and said, this is the motivation we needed to overcome the Celtics. To win game six. To win game six. Well, guess what happened? (laughs) They lost that motivation in game seven. (laughs) (laughs) And guess who's going to the finals? The Boston Celtics, just as Draymond Green said. Um, So you look like a fool, Udonis. So what do you think? Warriors in six? I think Warriors definitely. I don't. I could see even five. I mean, the Celtics are good, but when the Warriors are going, they're pretty much unstoppable. Pretty much the only way you can slow down Golden State, I've learned over the years, is you piss off Draymond Green so much that he gets suspended. Yeah, <laughs> you really just poke the bear. Um, that yeah. works. Al Horford is on a tear right now for the Celtics. I will tell you that at the age of like thirty-seven, Al Horford is killing it. I like seeing him do well. But they have big guards on that team, too. They can guard Steph and Clay. It's just, I think the Warriors have the experience and they're deeper. Yeah, I think they have the um, advantage in most uh, categories. That would give Steph more rings than LeBron. How many rings does that give Steve Kerr? (laughs) 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 Not not as many as Big Shot Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, is he in Robert Ory territory yet? Yeah, we might have to induct Robert Ory at some point. We should do like a like a a seniors three pointer match, like Steve Kerr versus Big Shot Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like even though they their careers definitely overlapped, I wonder if they 
for all their rings. I wonder if they ever even played against each other. Oh yeah. In the, I mean in the finals. Oh, in the finals. Wow. Because I, no. I mean, Kerr's gotten so many as a coach, but I mean, or he got his with the Lakers, the Spurs, the Rockets. Did he get some? To, and, Two with the Rockets with and, uh, Hakeem. I mean, some of those had to be against the Bulls, right? I don't know. We'll look into that. Next up on Notable Jabronis is Simaman Itute um, of Virginia Tech. Former Virginia Tech Former linebacker. Virginia Tech um, linebacker, right? Yes. He was acquitted after murdering a person he had met on Tinder. Yeah, he got a match with someone on Tinder named Angie Renee. Um, and then they met up. And it actually happened to be um, a man named Jerry Smith. Um, once Atute found out, he literally beat Jerry Smith to death. Um, the unfortunate part is that the defense did way too, like, went way too far in suggesting that Jerry Smith having a knife between his box ring and mattress was meant to be there to kill a Tute, which I think is insane. Yeah, I don't the, think there's really any motive to back that up, as well as the fact that his, the claim was self defense because he was, because Jerry was reaching for a gun in his couch. Yeah, no. And there was no gun, not just in the couch, but anywhere. No. And uh, so he was claiming self-defense that he punched him five times and kicked him and ran out the door. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's really not a lot to back up that story. Um, it just seems like he was really angry that he had been duped. I mean, catfishing isn't cool for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they deserve to be punched to death. What did they say about the face? Jerry's face? He's, every bone in his face was broken. Every bone in his face was broken, and he had multiple teeth missing. Um, the the incident was initially investigated investigated as a hate crime. I think they should appeal this, and it, I think it's a hate crime. Um, it does seem like a hate crime. Uh, but at the same time, like, don't don't we all don't a lot of people sleep with something like close to their bed in case they need to defend themselves when they wake up? Like you know, it's just yeah. I mean that seems totally justified after this dude was beat to death in their own home. <laughs> in their own home. I mean, <laughs> I think point case right there. Yeah, it's it's just a big case. I I really I mean I don't wish any ill will towards anybody, but I think Etute is wrong here, in my opinion. They're both wrong, but you know, <laughs> one was wrong enough to kill someone else. One of them, you know, committed homicide. Yeah. Flat out. All right. All right. And our seventh and final notable jabroni is the FBI. <laughs> That's right. So no charges for the employees who mishandled the investigation on sports doctor Larry Nasser. Yeah. Um, Larry Nasser, the Michigan State gymnastics trainer. Yeah, over a hundred young women and teens have been assaulted, but they learned about this in 2015. These FBI uh, employees did, but he wasn't arrested until almost two years later. Yeah, they didn't He's do in jail anything now. About it. Yeah, but who knows how many more people were victimized by this man in that time that these. Agents just ignored um, the allegations. So is it basically just do your job, and you couldn't even do that. You couldn't report. You couldn't even report to someone higher up at the FBI that like this is going on. 
So we're done with you, FBI. <laughs> Tell a cop, geez. <laughs> with seven notable jabronis, I think this is a good time to remind you that November is Jabroni History Month. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, still a little bit times away, but uh, something to look forward to. Yeah, tune in for ongoing coverage of Jabroni History Month. It's an excellent time of year to tune in. That's right. Some of our finest work. So moving on to our Hall of Fame inductee, Josh Hamilton. Joshua Holt Hamilton was born May 21st, 1981 in Raleigh, North Carolina, where he would play Little League Baseball alongside future Oakland Athletics catcher Landon Powell. Josh attended Athens Drive High School in Raleigh, appearing as both a pitcher and an outfielder. As a senior, his fastball was clocked at 97 miles per hour, and he ran a 60-yard dash in 6.7 seconds. Not to mention... He hit for a 529 batting average with 13 home runs, 20 stolen bases, and 35 RBIs in just 25 games. <laughs> Hamilton, still in high school, was considered one of the top prospects for the 1999 MLB draft, along with a Texan pitcher named Josh Beckett. Heard of him? Yeah, a little bit. Hamilton signed a letter of intent to play college ball for North Carolina State. So, as fate would have it, the Tampa Bay Rays own the first pick in the 99 draft and use it to select Josh Hamilton. And just like that, NC State was left in the dust. The Rays offered a $3.96 million signing bonus to sweeten the deal, and Josh's parents quit their jobs so they could travel with their 18-year-old son. Hamilton was successful in the minor leagues, breaking out with the Charleston River Dogs in the 2000 season. He hit 301 in 96 games with 61 RBIs and 13 home runs, as well as being named to the 2000 All-Star Futures game that highlights the best prospects in the majors. And he was named Minor League Player of the Year by USA Today. Prior to the 2001 season, Josh's parents were injured in a car crash. And while everyone recovered, Josh's life would be changed forever. After the incident, Josh began to abuse drugs and alcohol and only appeared in 45 minor league games in 2001. In 2002, after a great start, Hamilton's season was cut short due to toe and neck injuries, but the Rays noticed a change in him and sent him to the Betty Ford Clinic for rehabilitation. 2003 wasn't much better, as Josh would consistently show up late, failed his first drug test, and he was reassigned to the team's minor league camp. He didn't play for all of 2003, and after two failed drug tests in 2004, he was suspended the entire season. Josh had hopes to make it to the, back to the Major League Club in 2005, but was arrested before the season began for bashing in the windshield of a friend's truck. The Rays moved him to the restricted list, and after another relapse, MLB suspended him for the entire 2006 season. Okay. Josh's redemption story began while he was working at a baseball facility that was owned and operated by a former minor league manager named Roy Silver. Roy allowed Josh to use his facility as long as Josh worked there. Josh went from sleeping on an air mattress in Silver's facility to eventually appearing in minor league games for the Rays by June of 2006. The Rays left Josh off their 40-man roster and he was selected in the 2006 Rule 5 draft by the Chicago Cubs, who then traded him to the Reds for $100,000. That's it. Finally, on April 2nd, 2007, Josh made his major league debut accompanied by a 22-second standing ovation. As he was waiting to bat, Cubs catcher Michael Barrett said to him, you deserve it, Josh. Take it all in, brother. 
I'm happy for you. Aww. For his rookie campaign, Josh hit for a 292 average along with 19 home runs and 47 RBIs, but would lose rookie of the year honors to Ryan Braun. <clears throat> In December of 2007, the Reds traded Hamilton to the Texas Rangers for pitchers Edinson Volquez and Daniel Ray Herrera. Josh locked up the starting center field job in Texas and proceeded to go on a tear. He won American League Player of the Month for April and May of the 08 season and earned his first All-Star appearance. In a home run derby that is already considered legendary, Josh hit 28 home runs in the first round. I will never forget that. Ever. It was just a marathon. Like, I, yeah. He smashed Bobby Abreu's record of 24 in one round. And at one point, he hit 13 homers in a row with seven of his dingers traveling 500 feet or further. His longest was 518 feet. Remember that? It was to like the dead part of the old Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Ugh. I just remember him exhausting himself. And losing. Yeah. Like, how do you hit that many and lose? We'll get into that. It's a boat race, man. Yeah. Hamilton had a stellar start to the 2009 season, but suffered injuries and finished with 10 home runs and 54 RBIs, but was still voted to the All-Star game. <laughs> He drew negative attention when it was revealed he had gotten drunk in an Arizona bar that year, and Hamilton publicly apologized about the lapse. 2010 was by far the best year of Josh's baseball career. He hit for a league-leading 359 batting average, 32 home runs, and 100 RBIs, and finished first in the league in slugging and OPS, all of which earned him the AL MVP award. Rangers would make their first World Series appearance, their first ever World Series appearance, but ran smack dab into a hot San Francisco Giants team and lost in five games. Those Bruce Bochy teams, man, like Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum. Every other year, Lincecum. They won it every other year over the course of like five years. Yeah, them the Cardinals, Jesus. In 2011, Josh batted 298 with 25 home runs and 94 driven in, but his season was overshadowed by a tragic incident. On July 7th, Josh went to toss a ball into the center field stands to a fan, but when the fan went to catch it, he leaned too far over the rail and fell 20 feet behind the scoreboard. The fan was firefighter Shanstone, who was rushed to the hospital, but died on the way. In September of 2011, the Rangers invited Shannon's eight-year-old son, Cooper, to throw out the ceremonial first pitch, with Josh Hamilton playing catcher. Josh then proceeded to exchange multiple hugs with the family and built a relationship with the Stones. In 2012, Hamilton had even better stats than his MVP season, my opinion. He hit for a 285 average with 43 home runs and 128 RBIs, but he struck out 162 times. Uh-huh. And a guy named Miguel Cabrera hit for the Triple Crown, which is to lead the league in batting average, RBIs, and home runs. Got beat out by Miggy. Miggy. As usual, tough timing for Josh Hamilton. Yeah. Josh's performances as a Ranger awarded him a huge new contract, but with a different team. In late 2012, Josh signed a five-year, $125 million contract with the Anaheim Angels. He played well in 2013, batting for a 250 average with 21 home runs and 79 RBIs, but saw a large backslide in 2014, accounting for only 10 home runs and 44 RBIs. In February of 2015, Hamilton underwent shoulder surgery, but while he was recovering, it was re- revealed that he had relapsed on cocaine and alcohol, which he had voluntarily reported to Major League Baseball. Since he turned himself in, the league decided he couldn't suspend him, but despite the ruling, Angels owner, Artie Marino, implied he did not want Josh back on the team. 
the Angels removed all Hamilton-related merchandise, set up an exchange program for the fans, and traded him back to the Rangers on April 27th. Whew. <laughs> that is a cup of coffee. Man. <laughs> Josh hit eight home runs for the Rangers in 2015, but would be hampered by injuries. And in 2016, he was hopeful to return, but would miss the entire season after undergoing knee surgery for the third time in nine months. Jeez. The Rangers attempted to try Josh at first base for the 2017 season, but again, he would go under the knife. And in April, they re- the team released him, and he would never get another chance in the big leagues. Hamilton owns a career 290 batting average Damn. with 609 runs, 24 triples, 200 home runs, and 701 RBIs. Josh underwent stringent drug testing throughout his career, with Ron Washington saying that he was tested up to three times Per week was Ron Washington tested. Well, yeah, Ron week? probably had the coke. <laughs> <laughs> we should have talked to him. We sometime. used to make that joke all the time. Ron Washington is Josh Hamilton's coke dealer. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We did. That was many years ago. We'll get we'll get the jo- we'll get to yeah. Ron Washington someday. Yeah, <laughs> but a career 290 batting average is not easy to hold up over. 10 years. Yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, there's a lot of guys who don't have a career 290 average, right? Like with that many at bats to show for it on October 30th, 2019, Josh was charged with injury to a child after being accused of physically assaulting his eldest daughter. He was found guilty of unlawful restraint under a plea deal and was sentenced to a year of probation, 20 hours community service, and was not allowed to make contact with his daughter throughout his probation. Josh Hamilton's time in the majors was a flash in the pan of his overall brilliance with stories that don't seem real and only talked about amongst those who remember his brief moment in the sun. Battling addiction is much harder than a 12 pitch hit bat against Justin Verlander. And he did both. And for that, Josh Hamilton is a legend. Truly a legend. Fucking yay. (laughs) At home run derby. That's how legendary that home run derby was that the next year, he didn't even play that well, and he still was voted into the All-Star game. Yeah, and I, st- I still get like um, goosebumps just thinking about the ho- watching those home runs like just tower into the air and then fall, just fall down. And since the Reds were such a big part of Hamilton's you know, redemption story, we were all still pulling for him. Everyone oh, for in Cincinnati sure. was still pulling for Josh and rooting him on in the home run derby. Um, and really we got Volquez out of that deal and he, he put up some great years for us too. So it really wasn't such a bad deal for us. Um, yeah. Um, do you have anything in the footies about Jerry Naren? Oh yeah. Uh, Naren had a lot of things to say about like people accusing Josh of relapsing or like, uh, there's a dead spin article, about how like there were pictures of Josh at a bar and they didn't the pictures didn't show him drinking or doing anything but he was at a bar um and that's been put this whole article out there and uh sorry uh, Johnny Darren Yeah I think yeah Naren had this to say. He said, I'm sure in the depths of his drug drug addiction, he was in a lot of bars. He was in and out of bars, crack houses, everything. There are probably photographs of him in all kinds of places. So like the whole dead spin thing was just like, seriously, are you guys just trying to like ruin someone's life right now? Um, yeah. Hamilton was very much like, you know, you know, 
God was his center and his wife was his center for, you know, controlling his addiction. But I mean, it just came to be too much. Yeah. I mean, shampoo to his wife for all that she endured and how long she supported him and tried to help him get through everything. That was probably not an easy life. And uh, his teammates, his teammates on the Rangers, when they, when they won the, um, every time they celebrated major moments, as a team, they all use ginger ale. They, there was not a lick of alcohol in sight. That's awesome. So they, they would like all party with ginger ale in the clubhouse and whatever. I mean, yeah, you know, partying can be for after the ballpark. And I think that that's really cool and adult of them to do that. And very inclusive and and understanding. Yeah, we we always love these redemption stories. I mean, I have a close tie, close ties to addiction and seeing it in our own lives. But you know. It's really cool, his story. It, he, I mean, I would say that his career totaled closer to seven years in like a, in a capsule because of injuries and you know time spent away from baseball. But yeah, they say he played nine years, but to put up those kind of stats, 200 home runs. <laughs> like, yeah, insane. I mean, I think that's one of the saddest parts of the story and really what made, made him such a great candidate to be inducted is totally one of those stories of a guy that without the noise clearly one of the most talented guys to play the game. I mean, whenever he could get his head straight, the guy put up just insane numbers. Yeah. And, you know, even despite having, you know, seasons where he relapsed, things like that, he still put up great batting average numbers, still a very just naturally gifted player. So, yeah. I mean, he was throwing 97 pitching in high school. A lot of guys <laughs> that end up throwing 90s in the, in the majors aren't throwing 90 yet in high school. Bronson Arroyo never threw 97 once. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> but, uh, I, something just to note really quick that makes the Home Run Derby story even more legendary is the fact that he got um, his like community pitching coach to throw... Yeah, throw the guy who used to throw MVP on his high school team yeah. was the guy he had come out and be his pitcher for the Home Run Derby because you can pick who you want to pitch to you. And yeah, he picked his longtime coach that used to throw VP to him to be his guy. And yeah, I do believe that had to have something to do with the success, like how comfortable he probably was. Yeah. It's like, this is the guy I was used to hit teeing off for 500 foot home runs at practice, you know? <laughs> He's so. hitting 500 foot home runs off to off a 71 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. Well, Josh Hamilton, truly a legend. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Scotty's scoreboard stumper answer. Um, let's get it. All right. I wanted to know who has the most points in NBA finals history. Is it Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jerry West, or Elgin Baylor? I said Jordan. You said Jordan. It's Jerry West. Jerry West. (laughs) (laughs) He went from jabroni last week. A trivia answer this week. Yeah, uh, Jerry West is the leader. I mean, he went to all those finals and only won one. But um, yeah, I guess when Jerry, Jerry West was pretty much carrying those teams with Elgin Baylor. <laughs> what a lov- lovable loser. Yeah, well, that wasn't even my second guess. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was going to be my backup. <laughs> yeah. So uh, The thing is, I was like, it has to be Kareem. <laughs> I know, I really thought it had to be Kareem, but I was like... <laughs> That's too obvious. And then I'm like, well, if I don't guess Jordan and it's Jordan, then I look like a complete idiot. Yeah. Like if you guess, if you don't guess Jordan and Michael Jordan's the answer, you look like a fool. (laughs) 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 I felt felt like I was hand tied there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Um, before we move on to church, I want to say uh, just a quick reminder that Mendoza comes back on our next episode in two weeks, June 16th. Mm-hmm. Um, and more details on that coming at the end of this episode. Special surprise for that. Chase the Mendoza line with us. Yeah. So coming up soon, you get to see all the guys that are chasing mediocrity. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> My favorite thing from last year. I can't wait. All right, moving on to church. Um, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers to the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Man, Cleveland is just in our thoughts in so many areas lately. Not only do they still have a team. Yeah, not only do they still exist, um, they hired Luke Walton to so, be an assistant coach. Thoughts and prayers, <laughs> Cleveland. Um, where where do you think the Cleveland Cavs will move to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not here. All right, more thoughts and prayers to Jeff Gladney's family and also to uh, Jalen, uh, is it Rager? Um, his former college teammate. Jeff Gladney, a 25-year-old, a 25-year-old cornerback of the Arizona Cardinals, died tragically in a fatal car accident on the morning of Memorial Day. Um he was a former first round pick of the Minnesota Vikings and uh, details are still coming to light. Uh, but it was the way the world found out was because of his ex college teammate, Jalen Rager of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. He made a tweet about it and it all kind of went from there. So thoughts and prayers to Gladney's family. 25 years old. So sad. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll try to light the mood. We'll move on to shampoo. Shampoo. First up, first, shampoo to Jay Ajayi, uh, former NFL running back, former Dolphin, former Eagle. Shampoo. Um, he won his insurance settlement due to an ACL injury he sustained at the end of his career. I guess it had been disputed by the insurance company um, that his career ended because of the ACL injury because he was signed and played three games before he was eventually cut and never signed again. If you don't know, as a listener, um, some of these guys take out insurance policies on themselves because they know an injury could cut their career short and they'll never see another dime. It's really sad because, you know, in Major League Baseball, they're all unionized. And um, if your career is cut short, it doesn't matter. You still get every dime of that money. Ask Bobby Bonilla, ask King Griffey Jr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, base, in football, everyone's so disposable. These guys, you know, the minute their career goes south at all, they just release them and draft some new players and move on. Yeah, it it, 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 it it also puts this in perspective. So, like, you know, a rookie gets drafted, they have a contract signing, the rookie gets injured, they don't have to pay you anything. They can just cut your ass and not pay you anything. The Cleveland Browns guaranteed all of Deshaun Watson's money no matter what. <laughs> I love how we turn this around to that Deshaun you Watson. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. It's so messed up how um, no player's contract is really guaranteed. But there's one player whose contract is guaranteed. It's Deshaun Watson. And he's an accused serial rapist. Yes. <laughs> like, jeez, man. Sheesh. All right, so shampoo to you, J.H.I. Shampoo. <laughs> All right, next shampoo, Eric Miron. Yeah. Better known as Legends of Sports Ball Hall of Fame inductee. Shampoo. Ricky Williams, mm-hmm. who um, 
took his wife's last name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, his first name is Eric. It's Eric Miron. He always went as Rick and Ricky. But yeah. It was always Eric, but he, t- he changed his last name from Williams to Miron. So... I think that's a cool move. Once again, Ricky Williams being very progressive, you know, being himself, showing that it's easy. It, it sometimes it can be easy to just go out there and be yourself and let go. Yeah, whatever. Well, love you, dude. Love you forever, shampoo. no matter what your name is. Eric Mirren, truly a legend, indeed. And we'll ask shampoo to wait. What does this say? Major League Baseball. Uh, Shampoo to Major League Baseball. This can't have come from Manfred's office. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, MLB recently is reported they're scolding the clubs for subpar facilities for women. Yeah, for women employees. They're unacceptable (laughs) workplace facilities for women employees. Um, A letter to teams last week, quote, said, you fall embarrassingly low but you you fall embarrassing below. It said, "Quote: You fall embarrassingly below the high standards necessary for women who are part of the game's traveling parties to do their jobs, create an untenable working environment, and the organization soon must reconfigure their facilities to fix what the league deemed as unacceptable." Hell yeah. Shampoo to you, Major League Baseball. You're going to get it right. We'll allow you this one. We'll allow you the All-Star break, and then we'll go back to bashing you. Who would have guessed we'd be bashing the NFL and and cheering for MLB Baseball? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. That's at the letter L Sportsball. Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, to join the conversation and revel in sport in real time. Tune in Thursday, June 16th, as we induct Mario Mendoza. Legend. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tell the story behind the legend that is chasing the Mendoza line as we bring back the Mendoza line. It's going to be an honor. It's going to be great. So thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sports Ball. May the sports be with you. Always. <laughs>